<laughs> welcome, 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 everyone, to the Sigma Show, episode eighty-five. It is me, Sigma. We are back from an extended break, thanks to the holidays and uh, mostly the holidays. I'm just trying to take a break. Uh, but before I let you know who's joining me this week, real quick, we'll go over what our topics shall be. Uh, today we're talking movies. Uh, we have a new trailer for the Last of Us TV series, a new trailer for the Super Mario Bros. movie, and Quentin Tarantino has decried that Marvel movies. Uh, have basically killed the movie star and have otherwise kind of uh, crippled the movie industry, which a lot of other notable directors have mentioned in the past. So it makes you wonder, is there some truth to it? <laughs> so we'll talk about all these things. Um, but here to talk with me about those things today, Rachel Kayser. Hi, everyone. Rexicon Jesse. Hey, good morning. And Yokina Cat. Hey, y'all. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so nice to have you here. It's always a pleasure to talk uh, games or nerd culture, etc., with all you guys. Um, and just to prove that I'm not making that up, that I mean that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing and watching. <laughs> so does anybody uh, want to share first? Like, who who has, like, a bunch of stuff that they've been, like, playing and want to really dig into? I can go first. Oh, uh, yeah. By all means. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been playing the Callisto Protocol. Um, and I'll probably very interested in that. I'll probably uh, finish a review shortly. Um, oh. Everybody else at the at the at Games Beat was like, eh, "We're not into horror games." Rachel, you like horror games, right? And I'm like, "I'm not scared by horror games, sure." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I got I, I got Callisto Protocol, and I've been playing it, trying to trying to find the differences between it and Dead Space. There aren't that many. <laughs> Although I do, I, I'm kind of enjoying the the combat system. Even though I wish there were more options to not do combat. That's mm. my. That's so it's it's kind of combat heavy. It, it's it's a little combat heavy, which you know mm. it's not really how I like my horror games. But you know I understand where it's coming from. I do like the atmosphere though. I I'm re- I love space horror. My favorite my favorite horror game is Alien Isolation. So, okay. um, yeah. So the, the the vibe really works for me, which is which is helpful. Nice. And like I, I, I recently played through all the Dead Space games uh, on stream with Marty because mm-hmm. I'd never played any of them because like, like you, I'm just not really a fan of horror games. Not that I'm afraid of them, as some folks who saw the Alien Isolation. Oh no! I, I, I tried to just do. to clarify, I love horror games. It's just that everyone mm-hmm. else at the games be- at Game Speed was maybe a little bit like scared. Oh, like they were. Oh, they okay. They're that's, actually afraid. Yeah, of, they, they, that's okay. why they wanted me to play it. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Like, I've never gotten down with the mechanics of limiting the character and making everything else. Uh, like, that's the way they try to build tension in a lot of horror games, I find, mm-hmm. is by making you much weaker and have less options and ability to deal with whatever the threats are versus just making a threat that actually scares you or a situation that scares you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dead Space was fun. Like, just top to bottom as a video game, it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So Callisto Protocol trying to ape that model, I was interested in. But um, reviews have been all over the place so far. Like you said, so you're, you're not really that down on it so far. Since you no, um, I actually, I like um, I, I like a lot of the Dead Space elements. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, you could maybe try to be a little bit different, you know, try to forge your own identity. Uh-huh. But, I mean, and I haven't finished it so far, so I want to try and do that before I, re- you know, finish the review. But um, I, I, li- I like the enemy design. It's a little bit different from the Necromorphs, and I like that there are at least oh, there's a little, at least a little bit of stealth option, a, a little bit of stealth available, should you so choose. And how do I put this? Um, 
I, it's not that I have a problem with any of like that kind of the dead space elements or all that. It does have some performance issues, which I'm not keen on. And I don't know for somebody, for a series that started with the main character, not talking, he had a lot more visual character than the main character does of Callisto protocol. Huh. Okay. So you're saying the, this new guy is way more generic than pretty much. It's got a great opening. Isaac Clark. Yeah, it's got a great opening story hook. Well, I think part of it is that Isaac just looks so cool, whereas the main yeah, character. No, no, yeah, that rib ribcage suit is dope. Exactly. <laughs> and the and meanwhile, Jacob just looks like he's wearing a prisoner jumpsuit. So. Fair. I mean, not not the entire game, but it's like it's very hard to like look at him and rem even like retain a visual memory of him for the most part mm -hmm. when you're not actively That's playing fair. the game yeah ribcages leave an impression on you this is true yes <laughs> must leave an impression in you but <laughs> uh king dead 42 in chat says uh quoting rachel says how's the combat i wish there were more options to not do it yes <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's pretty telling i guess but I don't know, Rachel seems like she's enjoying it so far. Um, and like I said, uh, like, reviews have been very mixed. Like, there are some very high ones and some very low ones. So, like, um, th those more than anything else are the kind of games where, like, you probably should just get your hands on it yourself if you're interested. Yeah, I kind of like to say, uh, sort of, if you if you like Dead Space, then this is probably going to be right up your alley. A question, mm -hmm. if I don't like Dead Space, is it worth going for? Probably not. All right, but well. I haven't finished the review yet, so okay. I, I need to finish the game, and okay. then we'll do the review, and then we'll see. I'll wait to read it. Uh, Lampy in chat asking, what are you playing it on, Rachel? Uh, Xbox Series X. And there, there were some performance issues. They did patch it, I think, yesterday, which helped a little bit. Okay, that's good. It's nice when companies uh, recognize that their game has problems and then <laughs> to patch it. Yeah, it seemed like something that was pretty... Uh, that that was pretty. That was pretty easily fixed. It's not so bad now. It, the problem was that when I first started playing, which was to be fair, was before the game was even released, was a. The, the, I mean, there were occasions when I would swing like the camera around to like attack an enemy behind me or something, and mm -hmm. the camera would just be like, like three seconds behind me as I'm trying to turn. Like my fingers would be inputting inputting the command to turn, and the camera would be like. Then, like, at least, like, so slowly. And I was like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Reaction no time is kind of important that? here. Like, no options to change that? Um, well, it was the, that was the performance issue. Oh, okay. So, so that was the thing they patched. Just trying to yeah. render. Okay. Gotcha. Well, all right. Um, any, anything else that you've been playing or watching? Um, watching, not really. I've mostly just been... Watching some old movies. I watched uh, one of the Godzilla movies last night just for fun. But which one? Yeah, which of the <laughs> Godzilla? King of the Monsters. Ah, oh. have you seen that Godzilla anime yet? Though I have to ask everybody. Uh, I I have not. My husband has. <laughs> oh, singular. If you haven't seen Singular Point, right? He's a he's yeah, a huge anime. He's a huge kaiju fan. So, so he so he got me into all that. But nice. oh, I I, I did um. I did finish playing Pentiment, which I which I really loved. So that was a but you know murder mystery story. Come on, I don't need to explain yeah, to you why that's up my alley. alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we've, we've known each other for two years now. You know this about me. 
Okay, cool. Like, how how long is Pentiment? Because I, I am curious about it, but like, oh, it's you know, not it's not that long. It's it's probably, I would say, typical adventure game length. It's probably like maybe around. I think I spent like twenty hours. Not twenty. No, well, that's much longer than I like, fi- like fifteen hours. I would say. Fifteen. Yeah. Mm, th- yes, though, kind of lengthy. Hang on, for my, for my taste, for uh, like a because it's mostly like reading and choice making, right? Like that's the gameplay. Indeed. In there. Let me let me check my stats. Hold on. Cool. Well, thank you for telling me about another game. I may have to get for my partner. She also <laughs> loves mysteries. Oh yes, always. Yeah, like maybe, um, like probably around. I think I spent like around like thirteen, fourteen hours in it. So it's probably around that length. If you're if you're just doing okay. a straight playthrough, or you're not going back and like doing t- just to see like the other options, because it's a full on. Uh, it's okay. got full on RPG style like choices to like set you up as a character. It's like a weird okay. hybrid of adventure game and RPG. That's cool. That sounds more interesting than what I was thinking it was, which was just a well-told choose-your-own-adventure. Kind of, um, but, you know, I, I'm going to hype it up because you know I love a mystery. Sure, <laughs> sure. So it, it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea, but, like, um, well, for example, like, the like one thing that I did have a problem with is that in the game, um, it'll, like, do this thing where it, it looks like an old-school, like, scriptorium. The, the textbooks looks like old-school, like, inking. Um, where like the text sort of like is like sort of carved into the text box in the way it would have been written in like with uh, an ink and a ink and a quill, mm-hmm. and every now and then a letter will be like put in accidentally, and then in the way that people would in you know when they were handwriting writing books out by hand, the letter will be sort of blotted out, and then the correct letter will be put in, which is cute the first like three or four times that happens, but when it's happening like every five seconds during the scene and it's like okay i get it you're going for a gimmick here stop (laughs) we're in the middle of a serious murder investigation here (laughs) enough whimsy they they can't they they're contractually obligated to add as much whimsy as humanly possible apparently but yeah and i'm i'm i also like um mysteries that are told in um not conventional settings, if you will, like mm-hmm. settings you don't expect. And so a 16th century, uh, I think it was 16th, 16th or 15th century. I need to remember these things. Um, in a 16th century Bavarian monastery. So oh, that's, that's not something, I, that's not a mystery I read about, I read very often. Good stuff. Yeah, I've been, I've been hearing good things about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I may start it up. So, yeah. Who knows if I'll finish it. <laughs> <laughs> so good games uh, all right i mean it's on game pass so yeah king Dead just mentioned that they played a bit on game pass but wish there was more gameplay in it mm-hmm. yeah that's 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 sort of like a typical adventure game complaint that i hear so if, you, yeah. if you're not really into the the adventure game like reading and all that then yeah it probably won't be for you that's fair um so okay does that uh wrap things up for you Rachel? it does yes okay anybody else want to go first i mean go next you have the cool hat, so I say you go next. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, nothing much on my end. Um, I have been just really busy with work, so I just try to get a little bit of gaming in here or there. Um, I've been really heavy on Tekken. I have been playing a lot of Tekken. Um, I mm-hmm. have crossed over into, I like as I like to call like the big leagues, I made 20 Dan on Tekken, so in ranked. Oh dang! So now I'm. Um, How many dance are there? There's 34. 
So oh, yes, yeah, up there. So I am there fourteen ranks away from. So there's Tekken God, Tekken God Prime, and then True Tekken God. Those are like the top three ranks. So I'm fourteen away from Tekken God. Dang. So I'm. Um, it's it's rough. I'm in the trenches now, but um, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm hoping to sign up for some tournaments um, over the next couple weeks. Just some locals, like you know the PlayStation. I'm not sure if um, they have it on Xbox, but for like PlayStation, they always putting out those like those weekly like tournaments. So I think I'm gonna start signing up for those more and just trying trying to get like my feet wet in the tournament realm of Tekken because I tend to stay away from that so um been playing a little it can be rough yeah i'm i'm (laughs) i did one i did one and especially with my like internet connection is so important because i was Mm. doing so well i was three i was three matches in three wins and my internet disconnected and so when i i logged back in they let me do my match but then that kind of just like threw off my mojo and i lost so like yeah, it, it is a little rough, um, but I'm really enjoying it. I've never invested so much. Well, I take that back. I've invested a lot of time in Final Fantasy X, but I don't think I've invested so much in learning a game, if that makes any sense. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, like, I'm literally just, I'm about to, like, buy, there's, like, an option. You can, I don't know why we have to buy it. It should just be included in the game, but, like, the frame data, like, for Tekken. Oh, for like the training mode? Yeah, like I'm about to buy that. And I'm, I'm like, really? I understand what that means now? Like, so um, <laughs> um, I guess I'm just really invested in Tekken. And then, of course, Apex Legends is the staple. Um, I'm gold three now, which is the closest I've ever been to any platinum diamond in Apex Legends. So hmm. I, I think these are my two staple games. And then I just, for the fifth millionth time, I just restarted Final Fantasy X. So um, I want to, I want to come. Like what brought that on? The just the other another playthrough of Final Fantasy X. It's just my favorite game, and I have like, because I have it on my PS Vita, so I have it. I've beaten it like four or five times on my Vita already. So I have like four different saved files, but I'm trying to complete my Sphere Grid. So I'm probably just gonna. I I mean I started another version, another game, a saved game, but I might just mm-hmm. play off the last one because I just want to complete my Sphere Grid. That's literally all I want to do. Um, so that just that's just a lot of battling. Um, so that's pretty much it for like games. Um, reading. I am now in book two of Godfather. Um, I haven't really been able to read. Ooh. It as fast. Like, I got this like a month ago, and I'm finally on book two, which is about halfway through the book. Um, I love the book. Um, it's a lot more obviously detailed in the movie, but I understand why the movie was as long as it was. <laughs> um, I there's some things about the characters that I wish they would have, I guess, conveyed them di- or shown them differently in the movie than they do in the book. Because mm-hmm. Kay Adams, which is Michael's, you know, girlfriend, future, you know, wife, she's portrayed in the book like they don't really think highly of her, like in the book, and like in the beginning. That's something that wasn't that didn't come across in the movie. No, like in the movie, they're like, oh, Michael's always the one that does right, um, X Y Z, um, <clears throat> and in the movie they portray Michael as they never wanted him to like be in the family business, or his dad never wanted him to be in the family business. But in the book, he was the only one that he thought should run the family business. Like, 
it's a I know because Rachel, we talked about this before how we were going to talk about the sidebar, right? So yeah, like the way they portray Sonny and especially the way they portray um, Fredo, like I don't like. They basically made him seem. It, it, you would have to read that. It's that's a, a totally different conversation for another day. You can just dive into it, but <laughs> I wish they would have stuck a little closer to how the book portrays them. Vice, make how they it makes sense on screen the way they portrayed them, but I wish they kind of would have stuck closer to how they are actually portrayed in the book. Like they're, I'm I'm guessing because I I don't remember The Godfather very clearly. I, I've watched all three movies in a marathon one time. Wow. And that's the only time I've ever watched The <laughs> But I'm assuming the books have much more nuanced takes on these characters and the movies, they're they're kind of more two-dimensional in a way, but just yeah, to get it like, across to an audience. For example, like I was, Sonny, for example, the, the brother, the, the hot-headed brother, mm-hmm. Sonny, right? And the movie, it it gives the impression that, you know, the Godfather always thought that it was going to be something to run the business. But in the book, he, he talked, it talks about how the Godfather thought he was too hotheaded. He didn't make poor decision-making. Um, like he never wanted Sonny or he never thought that he was a good person to become the new Godfather. Like the Godfather always thought that it was going to be Michael. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, it portrays like in the, in the scene in the movie, he talks like, I never wanted this for you. Well, in the book, it says that you thought he was the only one that could do it. Yeah, it's a pretty big 180. Yeah, so... um, To be fair, in the movie, Vito... um, Vito was also really, like, not... He he had a feeling that if Sonny was running things, things would probably get bad. He he was aware that Sonny was not the ideal candidate. Yeah, he did. And he does say that in the scene where he was like, Sonny was a bad Don, may he rest in peace, but, you know, um, it's... But it is a a really good book. I I am enjoying it. It's a lot more detailed and a lot more raunchy than I thought it was going to be. The book, yeah, it's extremely yeah. raunchy. Um, <laughs> so, anywho, um, and then I'm also uh, reading Komi Can't Communicate, the manga. Oh, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, I know I had talked about. I think it was probably maybe two or three podcast episodes like ago, and I told you I was reading it, but I, I stopped it. But it's a really good um, manga about like social anxiety the main character she is this beautiful rich girl that really keeps to herself at work at school and everyone thinks she's like stuck up it's actually has social 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 anxiety which keeps her from speaking to people and that's why she doesn't talk to people people think it's because she's stuck up she's like no she just clams up and you know has a heart attack every time someone walks up to her and wants to talk to her so it's basically and then you know that that standard blueprint for a lot of you know stories about the the loser guy or the the super dorky dude mm-hmm. who befriends the pretty you know right. person like he basically starts helping her become more social with people it's a really good one guy like it nice it sounds cute yeah and it even like on the it even talks about like on the cover on the inside it talks about how like hey this is a a manga about like social anxiety and xyz so it's actually like bringing awareness if you really think about it like it's a really good little little manga but other than that i'm sorry i feel like i'm just talking a million miles a minute sorry um watch watching um i I'm kind of, I haven't really been watching anything. I've been watching some old movies, kind of like Rachel. I've watched, the other day I watched uh, Fatal Attraction with Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. That's one of my favorite movies. I, that's a good movie. I, lo- I hate that movie. I love it so much. I love it so much. That's like one of my favorite movies. 
And um, <clears throat> I've been watching that. And then I've been watching Key and Pill came is on now on Amazon Prime Video. So I binge watched the first two seasons of Key and Pill yesterday. Um, I basically just did a whole bunch of spring cleaning in the in the winter in my bedroom. So I just binge watched that. And then I I know it's um the recap slash trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasps Quantumania came out. So they posted it, I think it was Friday. So I'm really honestly I have not been excited for a Marvel film since No Way Home. So I'm really excited about Ant-Man and the Wasp um Quantumania. So. Yeah, the, the trailer looks really good. It does. So, um, but it's gonna be part now. of our discussion later, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. But other than that, no, just quiet here on the home front. Nice. Thank you for sharing, um, Jesse. Did you want to go next or? Sure. I. I mean, of course, I've been playing Dead by Daylight because that's what I do with my yeah, time. Yeah, of course. But uh, that's a that's a given. Someone bought me the night DLC, and it is pretty fun to play as a. Uh, <laughs> As a giant man stomping around in armor, swinging a big sword at people. It is really fun. Uh, we played pa- Fall Guys the other night. That game is still such a delight. I really hate how they changed the monetization in that game. And it, What did they do? It, uh, your in-game currency is basically useless. It's like, all dude. like in-game purchases now. Like, it's annoying. Yeah. I had, yeah. I had a whole bunch of crowns, which was the premium currency that you could... Uh, that you got from the old one, and they turned that into kudos, which is the in-game currency. And then they have a different in-game currency, Showbucks, for where you can actually get everything. So for the amount of crowns I had that I didn't spend, I have like almost 300,000 kudos. And it's a lot. And they're worth nothing. Like all of the things you could buy with kudos are just like, here's a backpack, here's a pair of shoes. And you can't couple that with another thing. Like that's your whole lower half outfit so like there's nothing to spend them on it's useless and all their oh wow and then they have like a season pass things like a hundred long it's like i don't got time for that so it's it's paywalled pretty hard the game itself still a lot of fun like is that like that's brand new because i know they they just had like a new season drop whatever like is that when did that come with this so no the season one of free to play so, oh, that's like, when this happened? That's because they got Mediatonic got bought by Epic. Right. And then when it went free to play, that's when all this transfer happened. Okay. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's pretty lame. But game is still fun. Like, at fun. least that's And good. you can still play it for free. Like, it was a paid thing before. Yeah. You can play the actual game for free, but the fun costumes, I guess, is what they're making you pay for. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm of two minds about that. Because if, if it had started free... Right. Like that's a that's a better case to be like, all right, well, all the cosmetics or whatever is how they monetize it. Therefore, right. That's that's their model, right? Like if you want to play the game, play the game, but you want this cool Sailor Moon outfit or whatever that you gotta put up some money. But like the fact that you did have to pay for it at a point, and then now that it's free to play, they switched to that model. Especially for someone like you who was playing it as it was, like that feels right. kind of like a betrayal. It it kind of does. Like it's just it, it's not good. I think it's I, one of those. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesse. I didn't mean to. No, go it's ahead. one of those things where it's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it, kind of thing. And that I guess because I haven't played when the new season came out, I played it a little bit, but it just it just gave the like like Jesse said, the overall game is still fun, but it just has a different feel to it now. If that makes any sense, like now that they switched it up, but like I'm I, I don't have time for a battle pass. I just want to play and 
randomly fall into a, a big pink cloud of whatever, you know? <laughs> so, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the good news, that's still there. Uh, I played some Genesis games on my stream this last week because I have the Mega Collection on Steam. Okay. And, like, I don't know. I just, there were a few that I found interesting. There's one called Fatal Labyrinth. Did you know that there was a roguelike on the Genesis? No. They had a legit roguelike on the Genesis called Fatal Labyrinth, and it's in that collection, and I got to play it for a few hours. It's kind of... All the same hallmarks? Like, yeah. Uh, Grid-based nodes and all that jazz? Yeah, it's like randomly spot, like randomly designed rooms, randomly placed enemies. Uh, you even have like a color-coded system of magic, which appears to be every time uh, a new game starts, you don't know what each color means. So like... I got something that was like, here's the brown potion. And it's like, oh, okay, what does it do? It's a bunch of question marks. And you have to drink the brown potion before you find out what it does, whether it's like, mm -hmm. and there can be curses. Like there's ones that's like, ah, that's the blind potion. And then for a set amount of turns, uh, you have, you could only see like two squares in front of you. And like, that's actually really interesting. Yeah. And so it was cool ideas, but like very much limited by what the Genesis could do. And so, like, it's the same, like, graphical layouts. Like, here's brick, that's wall, brick, brick. Like, there's no real change up in anything. Most of the enemies are about the same. Maybe a few, like, completely recolors to make you realize, oh, this one might be different. Like, so I played for a few hours, was like, got my fill. Probably it's not going to be a Hades or, like, a, a rat or something where it's like, oh, I can really mix this up. But it was cool to see something that old in that genre. Because that's something I haven't explored. Well, I mean, the genre goes back a pretty long time, so. Yeah. Right. Like, I always... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, because Rogue is from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, which... But I didn't know that it... It seemed like such a niche. I didn't know it got into consoles that early. <laughs> or at least one. Yeah, like, that's, that's the main thing, right? It's like, I, I can't think of many console games that had that sort of gameplay. Like, it seemed like it was more of a RP... Like a not RPG, but like a like a Western PC thing, like a text adventure kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I think the console tried that a few times with mixed results. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Not really. So I've been watching some home improve some sort of silly home improvement shows. Uh, because oh, hold on, like. Shows about home improvement or the actual show? <laughs> no, about home Starting improvement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> about like hey, HGTV you know or Tim Allen? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, well, we have a closet. What should we do with it? It's like, oh, that's it. It was interesting to me to, to me before, but now it's like more interesting. Be like, but I have a closet. Yeah. I could do whatever We've, the f I want to it. We've reached the age of like, no, I really think they should have chosen that other backsplash. I, I don't think that clashes to me. <laughs> no, I for like, right. like, I, love, it's I don't like it. Legitimately <laughs> interesting watching people make decisions about like how no, we've reached that point in our lives. Like, no, I, I no, I don't yeah. like the color of that door. Okay. And it was like we we were over a, a 
a friend's house yesterday and we were talking to them. They had just like sold their house and bought a new house. And they were talking about some of the things that they had done where they were like, this is what we wanted out of a house. It was cool. And they were like, and then we had to carpet over the floor because no one would buy it like that. It's like, oh, that hurts. Like that was such a cool idea. Like the stuff that they do like to make it your home is really neat. But then other people not always into that. My mom's a real estate agent and um, she's a real estate agent in three states. And we were watching um, Lord of the Rings last night or the day, the night before. And I told her, I was like, Mom, I'm a, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So I was like, Mom, I want to build a house that's like a hobbit house. But I want it to be like for full size, like adults, like humans. And my mom was like, absolutely not. She's like, the resale value on that thing would be absolutely horrible. Like, you know, like, you know, like the big wide circle door and just mm, the right. way that like the architecture is like on the inside. I love it. I think it's cute. I was like, I could get like two acres of land and just put my, the resale value on that would not be good, sweetheart. Like, you know, no one's going to want to buy a Hobbit house. So it's like, <laughs> I was like, I guess you're right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go again. I'm not a real estate agent, but I'm going to go completely against that and say, A, totally do it if you can, because that's awesome. <laughs> uh, B, it's your house. So if you enjoy it and you want to live there, make it the way you want to. C, who cares about the resale value? You turn that shit into a B and B for super nerds, yeah. and it will be booked. An Airbnb, yeah. I didn't that's, think that's about that, yeah. but I I just love the architecture of because I I think like the set that they built, I think people can like tour it because it's in New Zealand, right? So yeah, um, the Shire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Shire. That's one, something on my bucket list that I want to do because I'm a huge. Huge, huge Lord of the Rings J.R.L. Tolkien fan. So um, that's definitely on my bucket list to go visit the Shire. Also want to do that. Uh, does, does that uh, wrap things up for you? I'm going to say yes. Because I, yeah. I, we got other topics and I want to get to those too. So. Uh, it's, that is that is true. Uh, I'll be quick because uh, I, I don't have like a ton of stuff I'm playing. Like I'm still working on my review for Need for Speed Unbound. Like we kind of got access to code when everyone did they, they sort of tried to stealth release that game <laughs> instead of giving us oh. access um, Uh-oh. but i'm having fun with it like yeah it started off a little slow uh like i was i was real iffy in terms of like just the, the way the characters were being personified and stuff like i like the look of it for sure um but yeah it, it seemed really slow to start but after they kind of let you loose in like their um it's it's kind of this strategic like you you have to build up a certain amount of things in order to do a thing right like i don't want to like i guess say too much but um you have a bunch of tasks and a bunch of events that you can go race to and then you earn money and then use that money to get your car ready to do the main thing that you want to do so it's like this kind of cyclical thing that feeds into itself and the whole while you're like getting into trouble and raising your heat level and then that adds a multiplier to how much money you can get but it's a risk versus reward thing because like if you're caught by the cops with a, a high enough heat level whatever money uh you're getting multiplied like gets lost mm. so um it's and the thing is money is hard to come by unless you're actually taking those risks especially like later on and like the cops get fierce <laughs> like I, my, my son walked to the room <laughs> while i was trying to get rid of a, a four star rating or whatever and it turned to five while he was in the room watching and he was like just like cheering me on the like the whole time because it was like this kept going like it was so hard to get away from them and when we finally like actually made it back to a safe house and stuff like he was like cheering he was like oh i, I want to play this game i want to play this game 
so like it, it, it got really really fun like in like the more intense and the more dialed up everything gets like it it becomes like just this really insane uh big budget movie race scene and whatever so like I'm, I'm really enjoying that like the, the actual story they're telling i'm a little i'm still on the fence about it yet like i haven't gotten too deep um there's an interesting setup but it's also like very very uh it's very um wrote that that's too big a word for what i want to say <laughs> but it's it's just you've seen you've seen like this sort of thing before like it's just very unoriginal i guess oh like the mario trailer sorry i'm getting ahead of us <laughs> get a little ahead jesse wants to talk but, about what we're here to talk about <laughs> <laughs> but um overall like i am enjoying it as a game like i I've, the need for speed games have so much potential i feel like they can do in terms of like making like a fun race story that I feel like they keep dropping the ball on, uh, and it seems like they're they're continuing that trend so far. But I, I don't know; things might turn around uh, a little deeper in. Uh, but I'm enjoying myself. Um, in terms of like watching and stuff, I've caught a little bit of that Netflix show Wednesday that everybody's talking about. I watched that. My fi- my fiance started watching it. Um, I've seen some episodes. It's good. Like it's fun. Like I don't. Like I'm, I was never like a huge Adams Family, uh, you know, fanboy or whatever. Like I, I do think that those uh, movies that they made in the two thousands or wherever, whenever they came out, um, are like really good. Like they're very funny. Like they both of them have a lot of re- uh, rewatch value. Uh, but this is just like a totally different thing. Like it's it's a new version of the Adams Family. Like it's a new world that they inhabit. Like apparently, like supernatural things are like known and established in their world. So like werewolves, vampires, whatever. Like that's all real. Um, and Wednesday herself is sort of special, but like not in not in any way that they reveal right away. Uh, so it's like there's a murder mystery going on, and Wednesday is kind of at the center of it. And so she's kind of she's basically become like a girl detective, which I don't know was I don't think that was a trait that Wednesday had prior but like that's essentially her whole character and then she's kind of a girl detective trying to figure out this whole situation because she's at the center of it um and it's it's fun like seeing like a lot of the nostalgia being repurposed and recontextualized in that show um but overall it's, it's kind of like uh it's kind of a it, it seems very childish in a way like there's like there's death in it like it's a tim burton uh joint so like <laughs> people are getting like murdered but it still seems a little juvenile in how stuff is portrayed but um overall it's fun so i've i've not been like watching it watching it like i just kind of osmosis through my my partner who's watching it but um from what i've seen like i do think it's pretty enjoyable cool uh but that's pretty much it for me Uh, i've been watching a lot of cartoons but like i i think i want to sit down and and write like a little feature on that soonish uh, but on that note, we'll move on to uh, other cinema dealings. Uh, first up, we have Quentin Tarantino, who's in the press. Uh, he's been in the press for a lot. Like He was doing a bunch of interviews for one reason or another. I'm not sure exactly why, but I kept seeing his name pop up in headlines. Yes, but the latest thing was the one that really like, stuck. Yeah. Um, he essentially said that there's no such thing as movie stars anymore. That Marvel movies essentially have killed the idea of a movie star. And that people don't go to see like Chris Evans in a movie or Chris Hemsworth in a movie or any other Chris in a movie. They instead go to see the character that that actor is playing. So like Captain America is the star, Thor is the star, stuff like that. And um, he, I mean, he goes on further to say that the way Marvel has kind of monopolized, like the blockbuster has kind of killed uh, 
other movies and hurt their chances of success. Um, and we have seen evidence of that in terms of just what kind of does well at box office is, is like superhero things are usually up there regardless of their quality. And then like all the other stuff like really needs good word of mouth or some other uh, factor to, to really rise to the top. So I'm just curious, uh, like you guys as movie buffs, folks who have, you know, maybe watched Marvel movies, like them, not like them. Like, how do you feel about the idea that the movie star is dead or that Marvel has a big role um, or has a, a has a lot of the blame in regards to that sentiment? I mean, I don't agree with Tarantino's assessment. Okay. First of all. I second that. Okay, go ahead, Rachel, but I second Also, okay. considering that he has... I know that uh, several times in his career, he actually considered making comic book movies. I know he was a Luke Cage fan. Um, but I honestly think that, you know... How do I put this? I'm kind of wondering what his conception of a movie star is. Mm-hmm. Because... If you look back at, like, old-school Hollywood, this was kind of the thing. You know, people, uh, you know, you you had actors who did serious dramatic roles, yes, but, you know, they would supplement that with, like, their, you know, high-flying adventure films. I mean, look at, you know, like, Humphrey Bogart, for example. But I think that, you know, there were a lot of... Um, Marvel is the vehicle for I I understand where he's coming from that Marvel movies are not built on the appeal of the actors and Mm -hmm. they're they're built on the appeal of like building a shared universe and you know a larger overall story I get that and getting being in a Marvel movie is not necessarily a one-way ticket to becoming uh you know big in Hollywood for example it's not necessarily always a good career move but I mean, I, I would want to. I want to reread his whole statement just to make sure I'm not like taking him from the wrong. You know, how do I put this? I don't. I, I don't want to misunderstand. You know, what could possibly be just a very innocuous sentiment, but I mm-hmm. do think that I, I do understand kind of where he's coming from. But at the same time, I also think maybe he's being a little bit of a sourpuss <laughs> about it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the vibe every single director who has made this sort of statement towards Marvel movies has gotten. Uh, like, that's kind of the first reaction, it seems like, from the press. It's like, oh, you're just mad about it. Well... Like, go like go cry about it, Martin Scorsese. Like, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, just uh, reading what he said, um, he's kind of, like, talking about how there's not a whole lot of uh, room for it that there's not much really not much room for anything else and i kind of understand that as well it's like that's the 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 sort of like the 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 kind of films that we this is so influenced the way we watch movies that i think a lot of people are expecting you know even if it doesn't fit the same way they're expecting that same sort of mold to continue and i i under you know they're expecting like for example a film to play out in a marvel movie fashion even if that doesn't serve i understand that but I don't know. I mean, there's also the fact that Tarantino said he was going to retire when he's 60. He's almost 60 now, so, you know, could be he's feeling the encroach of entropy just a little bit, but I don't I don't want to ascribe too much personal motivation to him. I think what's really funny is or interesting is these complaints or these comments are coming from like directors that could be debated on the Mount Rushmore of like movie directors. Like, I guess a few years ago, Martin Scorsese had made, like, a, a, a same, like, 
comment about Marvel films or comic book films. Yeah, I think what he said, and I'm paraphrasing, was that they're akin to like amusement park rides. Yeah, yeah. So, and in my, in my head, I'm just kind of thinking, you, you two, or those two, um, Quentin Tarantino and Mark Scorsese, they are, they're they're household names in their own right. In their own right, like if he were to put out a film, like people are going to go see a, a Quentin Tarantino film because it's a Quentin Tarantino, like it's going to do numbers regardless because of who he is. So I thought it was just really interesting that him being such a, a, you know, talented and, you know, renowned director that he's the one making these comments about like Marvel films and how, you know, it's the death of a movie star when his films are always going to, they're always going to do numbers regardless. Like if, uh, in my opinion, cause I like Quentin Tarantino films, but mm-hmm. like for me, like if a Quentin Tarantino film were to come out and a Marvel film to come out, he's going to be just as successful in my opinion that, but that's just me. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting that a lot of people that are, or a lot of directors that are making these comments are directors like uh, James Cameron. Like a lot of these directors that are making these comments about Marvel films they're household names already. They're big, I guess, big hitters in Hollywood. Um, I can understand this; these comments coming from directors that aren't as well-known or are just trying to get their foot in the door when it comes to, you know, their first production or their first, you know, they ha- they're not that, you know, they're new to Hollywood. But for these people that have been in Hollywood for years and it's their track record proves how successful they've been, I just thought it was a little, like, Rachel said, a little sour on the sourpuss side. Like you're you're already a, a staple in the movie industry, like, but you're kind of just being like a Buzz Killington, in my, yeah, in my it's, opinion. It's, it's curious, like, what because like you're you're right, like this is coming from directors who have renown, uh, and like they'll make a movie and a movie will be successful, but the, is it because their movie won't be as successful as a Marvel movie, and like them as art tour directors and like cinema uh, lovers and whatnot? feel like it's not worthy of all the extra attention and uh, revenue that they pull in versus like something that they did. Cause I'm pretty sure Quentin Tarantino has never released a billion dollar movie. That's true. Knowledge, right. That's true. Yeah. I just read his, uh, his full, well, I read the, the transcript of what he said and I do, I mean, looking at the exact wording, I think I understand what he's saying in that, um, you know, like he inferring that, you know, when people go to see a movie they're not, that Chris Evans is in, they're not going to see it because they like Chris Evans. They're going to see it because they like Captain America. And that's that's who they recognize him as and not as mm-hmm. himself. He doesn't like I think I see what Tarantino is going for. I still think he's wrong. But mm-hmm. also because I, I, I really think he is like confusing like what a what success looks like in the film industry. It's like success is not necessarily these days. I think like a single actor on a marquee, like attracting everybody to see a movie. I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe that's what he means is that Hollywood has changed enough that that is not the only way to put butts and seats in theaters these days. And, you know, I think the fact that you can, you can get people to the theater with the studio name, with the with the film with a film name that invokes a familiar character, as opposed to the actual actor, um, I, I get what he's saying a little bit, but I also think again, like that that's also I think kind of like I, I think that underestimates the actors who put in the work to in Marvel films as well, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of the people have responded. I think um, like Simu Liu, he uh, Liu, yeah. he responded saying that you know. Uh, like I would never have been able to 
become the leader of a such a massive uh, film who, that did so that was so successful if I had only been you know the sort of person who uh, if I had followed the path that Tarantino is talking about and I kind mm. so I kind of see what he's talking about what what he means there I'm sorry I'm, I'm all over the place I'm not making my point very well but you are no, no, I, <laughs> you are yeah I, I, I understand what you're getting at because yeah like uh, that was Simu Liu's uh, kind of pushback was that Marvel movies more than like a lot of these other people who are you know talking trash about it essentially these big prolific directors have done a lot to put uh like minority faces as the leads of like these big budget movies and whatnot than say like a Martin Scorsese or even Quentin Tarantino like I know he's done some uh, stuff in that regard but for the most part like it's kind of same old same old and like the people who shine and who are big names from those movies tend to be white people yeah uh marvel black twitter marvel was lighting him up to... <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> yeah like like marvel has had like for whatever you want to say about marvel like marvel has looked at whatever algorithm that they have to be like hey this this might hit with certain demographics and like they put those sorts of people's uh they put those demographics for in the forefront of their movies. And that's a thing to be applauded. Um, and like you guys are saying, like, I, I think he is wrong in that regard. Because, like, sure, uh, Captain America is a big name. But Captain America also put the name Chris Evans in the mouths of, like, pretty much everyone in America. Because Chris Evans, before that, was acting, but, like, he wasn't that well-known. And the fact that he shows up everywhere else as, oh, that's Captain America... They still know that that's Chris Evans who played Captain America. And Chris Evans, you know, doing this movie or that movie, like, that makes him a movie star. Like, sure, he's not the one selling the movie most of the time. and uh, But I think that's kind of a thing that has changed across the board. Like, the, the age of the movie star died long before Marvel came around, I think. Like, there were, like, maybe a couple vestiges left. But, like, even, even characters who have never uh, participated in Marvel movies... Uh, like, I think they'll say the same thing. Like, it's not, like, who, like, anyone here, like, name the one actor or actress who, if you hear that they're in a TV show or movie, like, you're there day one. Like, you're paying whatever the entrance price is. Like, it's, it's you probably have to think about it a little bit, I think. And I, and, you know, when he said, oh, it's, they come to see the, oh, of course. Like, I, and I, and I kind of even want to take it a step further and saying him saying that is kind of like a discredit to, um, just like the comic book writers, like, you know, I wish obviously it's an adaptation of the comic books, whatever Marvel film you're going to see. So I f kind of feel like, you know, to, to say that it's just the death of movie stars and it's not really like, you know, how Martin Scorsese said, it's just the, the equivalent to an amusement park ride. Like they're telling a story to the comics. So people that are really in, you know, immersed in like the comic book itself, like, I think it's kind of a discredit to like the comic book writers saying that you know their their stories actual stories other stories aren't good enough to be put on screen and that that's just my opinion and then to say like the death of a movie star like i think chadwick boseman is a perfect example of um like these actors were like the perfect fits for for example if they had recasted chadwick boseman i can guarantee you probably no one would have gone to see black panther rest in peace rest in peace like i i kind of feel like Obviously, so I'm still so I feel like it would have been a very successful yeah, movie, very but it's like people went to the movie th like Black Panther was Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman was Black Panther. Like obviously they were going because of it's a comic book, but people went specifically because it was Chadwick Boseman. I know that, 
I did because I was a huge Chadwick Boseman fan. So, I mean, I remember when he was on Lincoln Heights on ABC Family, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was in The Express. He was in 42. Um, yeah, he was uh, doing a bunch of biopics before he yeah, got Black, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Black Panther role. So, like, he was kind of on an upward trajectory anyway. Yes, he was. And then after the fact, like, he continued to kind of just be prolific in all the roles he did until his untimely passing. So to say that, oh, it's the death of the movie star, so like, people are going to see specifically, um, and, and there was, a, I kind of like skimmed over like his interview. He was talking about like, well, I'm in my, if I was in my 20s, I would have been excited, but I'm, you know, but I'm 60. Why would I ever want to see like a Marvel film? Well, I'm in my mid thirties. So um, the whole age thing, I kind of felt like that was a. That might have been. To be fair, I do think that's a big difference, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that's, a, like, a 30-year difference. I think that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of, it's kind <laughs> of like, oh, I'm sorry. I kind of feel like it's just, he, he, I admit, like, obviously, you know, Hollywood's changing, but I kind of feel like he is just being a sourpuss and throwing a temper tantrum. being an old man, yeah. Throwing like a, all these other Throwing, it, throwing a temper tantrum, to be honest. Because it used to be, ooh, Quentin Tarantino was the young pushing the button director and you know mm-hmm. he was different from but now you're part of the same the same you're part of old hollywood quote unquote old, old hollywood now so now you're complaining about stuff that people used to cl- complain about about your movies if i'm making any sense there so oh, yeah. um but i digress i i just was thinking you know i, I guess one thing that we should probably like uh, that I wanted to talk about is like defining what a movie star is. So like, if you go like way back to like the beginning of Hollywood, you know, advertising a film, you would say it as like, watch this new adventure that Cary Grant is in, for example. And it would be about him being in the movie more so than that. And I think Hollywood has sort of, you know, transitioned away from that, but there are still a lot of times where, some, where advertising a movie is about like, hey, look, Jason Momoa is in it, for example. Mm. And so I think I, in that respect as well, I don't think that the definition or the purpose of a movie star has changed. I mean, the only difference is is that in a lot of is that in Marvel films, they can afford to cast someone who might not have the name recognition. And because I mean, like, think if you think about Thor, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth were unknowns before they were in yeah. Thor. Now both of them can completely fill theaters just by being in a movie that otherwise would never have been heard of. So, I mean, and same with Chadwick, same with Simu, same uh, Simu, same with. Um, and, and I keep mispronouncing his name. I'm so that. sorry, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> They, they did have to work up to that to where they could cast kind of unknown people to the masses because like their earliest movies starred people like Wesley Snipes, starred uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Scarlett Johansson. Like they, they put names that you did recognize in those early movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Edward Norton was the Hulk, for example. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> So they, they worked their way there using movie stars in that exact same way. And now that they had the name recognition for the brand for marvel for that class of movie then they could branch out which i think is good like you should lead with you know the people who can kind of get your platform out to the masses and then give them uh give them the thing you really want to give them which is new faces new stories or whatever it's like i i I support that kind of nonsense it's like i feel like we're working with like so, uh, a, a version of like I, that's part of the problem is I think Tarantino is working with a definition of movie star that is both outdated and also I don't know if has ever existed like he's talking about the word movie star I'm not really sure what he means here because if movie star is just someone who puts butts in seats 
Yeah, the Marvel actors do that. A lot of them do, anyway. Yeah. Not not all of them. And I mean, not all of them. Not all of their careers have taken off. Fair, but you know, there there were a lot of them. You know that 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 is the case. And maybe it's because it's Marvel that is making them versus like other things. And that's maybe that's what he's seeing as an issue. Oh, God. If we're talking about big studios making somebody into a movie star, like that is mm-hmm. o- as old as Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of feel like with that, you know, the way that I guess concept or theory, for example, one of my least favorite movies, Marvel movies, had one of the biggest Hollywood stars ever, Internals, had Angelina Jolie in it. And that's probably my least favorite Marvel film. Well, no, I take that back. Captain Marvel. Everyone out there, I do not like Captain Marvel. That is my least favorite Marvel. I digress. But my second least favorite Marvel film, The Internals, had Angelina Jolie in it. She is probably one of the most. Yeah, she's she's a world. She's a world-renowned actress, and she was in a Marvel film. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's <a> hero too. <laughs> she's she's a world renowned actress, and she was in Internals, and that was my least favorite Marvel film. So you know, her name if that by that by that you know her name should have brought tons of people. Well, I mean, at the time, didn't it come out during like the pandemic, two thousand twenty? Yeah, it was one of those. Pandemic. Yeah, so like you know, if that's the case, then why wasn't that one of the highest grossing Marvel films? She's a world renowned actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like times times just change. Like people. People don't gravitate to just the name anymore. Like there's there's some cachet there, and but honestly, like that doesn't matter anyway because we'll we'll transition to our our next topic. Oh, I wanted to uh, say something like, first. I'm sorry, oh, Jesse. <laughs> on the note, Tarantino, I I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. That I think you know it does seem like he's being a bit sour, um, and he is, uh, like, I guess. Popular movies comes in phases. It's kind of been touched on in several different ways, but like there was a time when the musical was the blockbuster. Like you, if you wanted to make a blockbuster movie during that period, it had to be a musical or it was a, probably an outlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Westerns were the same thing. They were huge. That's what yeah. it was. Uh, in the 90s, those like weird 90s dramas that Tarantino was a part of, that was the this is what everybody wants right now blockbuster. And like that always changes right now, kind of hopefully ending soon, like everything else does, but it is the superhero movie. Um, The super high, super high budget, constant CGI. Sometimes there is a real face in there. Superhero movie. Like, and that is, and has been for about a decade or so, the big thing. And it will probably change. Um, I, so I feel like that's just a natural part of the cycle of it. Um, and that, yeah, he his movies in the 90s were part of that. And you kind of touched on this a lot, too. Like, he was a bit that you were you were saying, you know, like, he was pushing those buttons that, that got the butts and seats that people wanted to see, that he was the new up-and-coming director. And, yeah, I feel like just maybe when... I don't want... Like you were saying, Rachel, I don't want to subscribe too much to what his internal thoughts are for this. But like, yeah, it could be that that's what he wants because that's what it used to be. And that's not what it is anymore. Um, Right. I do agree on the point that they do want to franchise characters that totally agree with because they can have Captain America. And to a point, it does count who Captain America is. But like 
once they move the mantle on, because Anthony Mackey's going to be the next Captain America, I think. Yeah, he's currently Captain America. Okay, yeah. So, like, Chris Evans goes out, they get Anthony Mackey in. If that doesn't work out, they switch actors a little bit sooner than expected, and they still have the name Captain America and everything that comes with that. Uh, When, you know, if they don't want to pay Samuel L. Jackson money at some point, Time for a timeline where younger uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Fury comes Nick in, um, and that's yeah. and they write that into the thing. So now we don't have to worry about that money, or he ages out, or something less sinister than like he said something the mouse didn't like, so we kicked him out. Um, <laughs> but that's also entirely possible. And when you have franchise characters, that is something you can do: um, is ice your actors out when they do something you don't like. A little more on the dystopian side, but it is a possibility. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it is a, a sign of him kind of focusing on when he was big and not having it. I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm oh. sorry. I just realized that I was like, we're talking about Disney, like the mouse, and I have Mickey Mouse lipstick right here. <laughs> I went to go reapply my lipstick, and I was like, oh, <laughs> God damn it, he's everywhere. <laughs> he's listening right now. Sorry, right. Jesse Dole. So, so Rachel is is bought by Disney, and mm-hmm. that's why yeah, yeah. only says good things about like, Disney. you know, Sig- Sigma's, Sigma's Twitch is like suspended. What? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, I think that was the end of my points. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no, Jesse. You're good. <laughs> you are good. I appreciate the but no, 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 very, very the well levity. Uh, put points. Um, oh, um, can I just say one more thing real quick, then we can move yeah, on? Go right I just want to say that I feel like part of this, just just to defend Tarantino real quick, I think part of the reason that this and like the what Martin Scorsese said about Marvel, I have to wonder, these people do interviews all the time. I have to wonder how many times this came up in interviews that prompted this. So like I kind of because they get asked, people get asked this, a lot of directors get asked this, like, would you ever direct a Marvel film? That seems to be at least... I mean, from what I've heard, that's a pretty popular question. So I have to wonder how often they're being asked this. It's like, Quentin, would you direct a Marvel movie? Quentin, would you direct a Marvel movie? And, mm-hmm. and you know, right. it's like after 50 repetitions of, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Or, no, that's that's not a question I'm answering. He finally just says, you know, I wouldn't want to direct a Marvel movie for this reason. Everyone's like, <gasps> so I can't help <laughs> yeah, but wonder if that's that's yeah. part of it, just to, uh, to a certain extent. Like yeah, that's an excellent point, because on the... It, it, I know you have Rachel, but if anybody hasn't looked at like uh, behind the scenes stuff for actors and directors, when they're doing a tour for a movie like Quentin Quentin Tarantino is now, they will sit them down in a room for eight, 12, whatever hours and five minute increments of person comes in, reporter comes in, asks a series of questions that they only got five minutes out next person in. And yeah, a lot of times it's the same question and they do have to like for their own sanity start either delving into or changing the exact wording of their answers. And like, sometimes that makes a a bite that, that someone takes and it runs with, whether it's exactly what they said or just something sort of based on it. Yeah. And maybe they were just a little, a little annoyed when, Oh yeah. Like, (laughs) I mean, he's almost 60. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm sick of this question. Not, the not, and that's going to bleed into the answer, even though uh-huh. that wasn't the intent. I could definitely understand sure. that that frustration. Like you know, you're you know, you're sitting like you said there for hours at a time, and people are it's like speed interviewing, mm-hmm. and you know, you want people to ask questions about your film and your you know your you know 
opinions and you know whatever it may be about like interview me for what my what i'm on this press tour for essentially right like, like my, my movies are up here yeah like <laughs> ask me ask me questions about like you know what i'm doing vice would you direct a marvel film would you direct a dc film like when, and you know the thing about reporters is, is like they know he probably has that stance on like marvel films like he's probably mm-hmm. just knowing quentin tarantino how he is as a director like are you asking that question because you genuinely want to know or are you asking that question because you know he's going to give you some super harsh answer yeah so makes sense but yeah we will move on to our next topic which is still related because we're still in the business of movies uh we got the full trailer for the last of us a new hbo series based on the naughty dog uh playstation uh video game uh I'll just start off by saying I think it looks great, nice. but um, we we also know that it, it looks like it's following the story from the first game very closely. Like we're seeing several characters, several situations from that game, and that tends to be the worst way to adapt a video game. However, it does look good as the way the trailer portrays it. Like we won't know for sure until we see the full series, of course. But I'm curious what you guys feel about that trailer and about that particular game being turned into a series in general. Funny I, that... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. I'm sorry. Oh, I. whatever you're going to say is probably much more interesting than mine because I haven't I, played I the can game. Assure you, I can assure you it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played the game. I'm interested in playing the game. I haven't played either of them. And now that I have a PlayStation, I should. Um, but yeah, I... I, I I think it looks really good and I am very interested, but to go ahead. No, I have never, I haven't played. Thank you. I've, I feel oh, like this okay. is a, a safe space now. I have not played the Last of Us um, games either, but it's funny that we're talking mm. about it because on my Instagram, the, the trailer the trailer just popped up on my Instagram feed. So it hurt um, you talking about it. So <laughs> Big, yeah. Disney's watching okay. again. Um, so um, yeah, I have not. Um, played any of the games but the trailer for the show looks really really good but it's kind of like for me like when walking dead came out i have not seen one episode of walking dead but i've played the telltale games and i love the telltale games so i guess for last of us it's going to be flipped where i've never played the game but now i'm going to be watching the series so um i'm interested it does look really good um but i don't i'm going i'm going solely based off of Probably the same as you, Jesse. I've never played the games before, so I'm going based off what the trailer is for the the um, series. So I'm going in there with an open mind, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people that have played the game that are probably going to find some issues with it, as they always do. Um, whenever you have some type of game to movie or game to uh, you know, right series adaptation. Checks out. Uh, so. How about you, Rachel? Um, you've you played through the first yeah. game, at least, right? Oh, I've played both games. And okay. I I like what I'm seeing, I'll be honest. I thought it was... Um, well, to be fair, this is, out of all the game series in the world, this is one of the ones that would have been that most lends itself to a film adaptation because that's mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like. I also mm-hmm. like how the... It, it One of the problems I had with the original Last of Us was that it was kind of muddy 
And that's one of the things I did like about the remake, even though I thought it was pretty unnecessary. But at the same time, yeah. it did lighten things up and give it a little bit more. The the art style was just a little bit more colorful. And I do like that they've sort of echoed that a little bit in the the series. But in terms of uh, like the adaptational nature of it, it does look like they are showing some things that weren't shown in the games. It maybe is a little bit of an expansion. Um for example, we saw in the trailer that they're actually showing Ellie's mother, who is a character who is mentioned in the games, but is but never actually shows up. Um, well, because there, there's there's oh, you know what I won't spoil. But anyway, there is. I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, it looks a lot like the games, and that makes me happy. But at the same time, I'm like, looks a lot like the games. I want to go play the games. So. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's kind of the feeling. It's like, oh, this looks like such a, a such a fun and interesting and faithful adaptation of that. I don't, you know, if it's too close, it might be it might be too close, and where it feels a little redundant. Mm-hmm. Right, and that that is a worry, but it's a worry for how many of the potential audience. Like that's what I'm curious about. Like HBO reaches, I think, way more potential viewers than the fans of the actual game like i know you know the last of us is a big selling game one of sony's uh, staple uh, first party titles but like it's a sony first party title mm-hmm. and like that that limits drastically how many people can experience that exact thing yeah. and one of my biggest critiques for the last of us was i really love the story but it's more about that story than it is a game like it doesn't really do anything new gameplay wise like no. it's all cinematic and like I and that's that's a thread that Sony keeps hitting like with their big exclusives. It's like there's like God of War is probably the one that has the most game in it versus like maybe Ghost of Tsushima, but Ghost of Tsushima is also very uh, middling in my opinion in terms of gameplay. Like its stories are all great, like they look great, but like they really act as very basic. At, like they're all sevens in terms of gameplay. Like if there was no story and you're just it's a very basic video game. So in that instance, it's like. Well, yeah, you should extract the story from that because the gameplay wasn't the draw. <laughs> it was the plot, which is like, you know, far and above like the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give it a little extra time and attention and shoot it, you know, like you would, you know, a, a high budget TV series. And you might have something special there. Because, uh, like, I, I feel like a lot of these adaptations that stick really close to the plot or at least do justice to the plot of games reveal how shallow the writing in games are. Because that's how I felt about Assassin's Creed, that first movie. Yeah, um, it, it uh, hurts, but you're right. It, it looked like it had really good trailers because it looked just like the games. The movie looks just like the games, the way it's shot, like the, the costume design, that the machinery, like all that stuff is cool. It makes sense. They used all the beats from the game. Uh, it even told an original story. It didn't like it used all the beats that you know and love from the games, but it didn't retread them. Mm-hmm. But it still fell flat. It was like this the writing just isn't good. Like this isn't that good of a sci-fi concept or story. Like that's just the end of, that's the end of it because they took the gameplay out and left you with literally the story that you have in the game and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So like I'm curious if if this can hold up despite it also looking good like the game, uh seemingly hitting the same story beats as the game, like great casting for the characters in the game, like both fantastic actors who are going to be playing these two roles. So like I'm very curious like if the writing can carry it in that way because I think it can but I was I really liked the story in the Assassin's Creed games but just didn't <laughs> as a movie which is so strange like I it's so strange it's it also, a pacing thing right. I think mm-hmm. okay sorry go ahead Jesse 
Oh, I I also think, and I haven't played the the first game very much, but from I have a friend who absolutely loves it, and we watched the movie together and like had discussion with people afterwards about it, which was really fun. But like, it's also I feel like within the game context, kind of like with uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I would say that's the only one I played. I liked the story of it, um, but kind of what I liked was that it didn't fit a cinematic mold. Like I liked uh, being able to just go around and find something new and talk to a person. They would tell me something and I'd learn a little bit about this thing called the Artemis or whatever that, you know, is allowing me to transport my mind back in time, sort of through DNA, whatever. And it's like, oh, that's cool. It's a lot of concepts that you can kind of fill in the gaps of because you have the time and the space and this all this different context to try and connect the dots yourself. That makes a fun story for you to experience. It does not make a good story for you to have in a linear fashion, though. So, yeah, as I that would probably be a trash story if they tried to do it as a movie. So I, I think I know exactly what you mean by that. Which is it? They built a good world and good pieces for you to play with. For you to like, yeah, have fun playing in, right? Right, and that that how you put those pieces together makes the good story to you. Yeah, nonlinear, you know, like gameplay as a vessel for like different medium as like a different medium of storytelling. I don't know if it's necessarily something we should praise so much. Uh, you know, when games are have cinematic stories. He's like, yeah, they they look. If it means that you know a game perfectly translates into a TV show or a movie, like, is that? I mean, there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a particular game, but I'm saying maybe it's not taking full advantage of the medium. It's like we have, you know, all this. You know, we have the ability to tell stories. You know, with completely different because we where the person viewing it is the protagonist. That's something movies can't really do. And we can tell mm-hmm. stories in a nonlinear fashion. And because we have all this time, you know, in a, and you know, in all this space in which to tell the story, we, it's a completely different venue from TV shows and movies. And I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, the ability to translate one-to-one perfectly from a game to a movie or TV show is necessarily something I want every game to imitate. It's like Last of Us did it well, but it's not something that I think I want a lot of, for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah, like I, I think it's it's a possible indictment on how much of a game the game is. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you can translate a story that well into another medium, it's almost as if you didn't need it to be a game. It could have just been a movie. But then we have Uncharted, and it's like, all right, well... <laughs> It was like that. That is very similar, except you know, the gameplay was very... It wasn't too bad. Very spectacle-heavy movie copying, and then they tried to copy that into a movie, and it was like, well, this just doesn't feel like anything. Like, it's fine. Well, and I think Last of Us is maybe a bad example to use because the... I don't want to spoil it for Jesse and uh, and mm. anyone else, and uh, Kat and anyone else who hasn't seen, but, I mean, what happens at the end of the last of the first game... It was something that um, I, I, because I will say, like, all this, like, you know, it's like, oh, this is cinematic. This feels like I'm playing a movie. I'm not sure. And then at the end, where you have to participate in something you may not necessarily agree with. Right. Like, that, Mm. it wasn't quite Bioshock levels of would you kindly, but it was (laughs) the same, it was the same sort of feeling of like, I really don't want to be doing this, but I have to. Right. I think I felt that way. 
I don't know if y'all have played the Telltale um, Walking Dead games. I was thinking the um, same thing. The the scene, the, I'm just going to say it because the game's been out for years. So there's at the very end of the first one with Clementine and Lee, you have to choose between shooting him or letting him turn. That was probably the most gut-wrenching, I don't want to do this, I don't want to have to choose decision I've ever had to make when it came to a game. The first time I had ever felt emotionally attached to a character was Clementine from The Walking Dead game. So as a... I know, as a little girl, she was, she was like seven or eight years old at the time. Like, you know, for her to have to lose her parents and then to lose the other follow figure in her life, Lee, it was just, it was just heartbreaking. But I made the decision and I shot him. But, um... <laughs> what he wanted. Um, no, yeah, so it's like, I definitely, Rachel, I, I can definitely, It's it was just one of those, I don't want to do this, but I know I have to. Like, that... When a game can make you feel that way, mission accomplished. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure that's going to, like, out of all of The Last of Us, that is the only part that I'm like, I'm not 100% sure that's going to translate so well to film. Like, mm. or that, that the impact of that, of, like, having to follow a character down a path you don't want to go down, I'm not sure that's going to feel as t- gut-wrenching as it did in the game. Yeah, like, you, there's probably definitely going to be something lost in that section. Uh, but I, I imagine it'll be very similar to how folks kind of felt a disconnect with characters, like, in the end of Game of Thrones, for example. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, this character I really like and who I support is now going down a road that I don't like and don't support. And rather than feel, like, this this gut-wrenchingness or understanding as to why that character got there, it's more so like, oh, the writers effed this up. They shouldn't have wrote it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a different sentiment that emerges because of the fact that you are apart from the, that decision. Like, because in this example, it's like you're the one who's doing it. So there's no one to blame, even though there is technically, like, they, they wanted you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you're the one who's got to pull the trigger and kill right. Lee. Yeah, so you actually get to no. understand why that decision is made. <clears throat> so that, that's very interesting. Uh, but we'll see uh, when that drops in... When is that coming out? January? Yeah, January. Yeah. I'm looking forward to we'll, it. Uh, I'll be checking that out, yeah. Uh, and finally, we're going to talk about Super Mario Bros. new trailer. Uh, we've already seen one trailer from the show, which I did think impressed. Like, it kind of turned my opinion on what I thought that was going to be um, early on, because I I very much dislike Illumination as an animation house. I think they tell bad stories. Like, their animation is fine. Mm-hmm. I won't say fine. Their animation is great. Like, they actually make really good-looking movies. But their stories are ass. <laughs> Point blank period. Bless you. Bless you. Pardon me. Bless you. Um, but from what I can tell in the Mario Bros. trailers, like they are matching the high quality look. Like everyone looks fantastic. All the characters, I, I really like what they did with the looks. With their looks, uh, we got a longer look at Peach in this trailer. And honestly, I didn't realize how dead-eyed regular Princess Peach's model is until <laughs> I saw her with like a lifelike face in this trailer. I'm like, wow. Yeah, like, Peach was essentially a baby doll (laughs) with just zero personality traits, and this actually turns her into a character. So, like, I was actually very uh, impressed by that. Um, And, like, we got uh, our first look at uh, Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong, who has a little bit of a redesign. I think he looks cool as well. Um, Keegan-Michael Key, I think, is the only character on this voice cast who is doing a voice. And he's doing a great job at doing that voice. Everyone else is fine, including Chris Pratt. I don't think he sounds that terrible. He just sounds like a dude. (laughs) 
He just sounds like a dude, and everyone else sounds like themselves. So I don't get why Chris Pratt is getting that much uh, blow. I think to be I think it's not necessarily <laughs> that he doesn't sound like Mara. It's the fact that it's Chris Pratt. Like, why Chris Pratt? Because he's just a dude. He's like, a generic. I and I understand that, <laughs> but with with such a with such a the godfather of video games, essentially, you know, Super Mario. Like, why Chris Pratt? Like, out of all the people that probably auditioned for that role, and you, you can't tell me, I and, I, and I'm I don't really think anyone keep... auditioned for that role. I think they went and called Chris Pratt and said, "Voice this character." I don't. Think and I kind of want to be like, whoever team. the casting directors are. Like, I really seriously want to ask the question: Why Chris Pratt? Like, what about Chris Pratt said he is Super Mario for the first, you know? you know, legit or the first big production of a Super Mario film, like why Chris Pratt? It his when I like honestly, it was a complete turnoff for me. Like I get it, like, but I just it's distracting to me. Like I don't know why. I think like Jack Black is perfect for Bowser. Jack Black is like perfect for Bowser. Um like you said, um And he was putting on a voice to be fair. Who Jack Black? Yeah. Yeah, for Bowser. Well, yeah, yeah. A little true. bit. He's doing a bit. But I, th- I think, like... I still hear that it's him. I don't know. I just... I mean, I, I think it looks great. And I like the fact that Luigi is the one in trouble and not Peach. Like... Yeah, I'm a fan of that, too. Yeah, like, I think that's really cool. Um, But I don't know. I'm going to... Obviously, I'm going to go see it because I am I love Super Mario, so... um, But maybe I, I'll give Mr. Chris Pratt the benefit of the doubt because I was a huge Chris Pratt fan when he was... On Parks and Rec. So, um, I remember he was on Everwood. Do y'all remember that show from the WB Everwood? Nobody? No? Was... No? Oh, yeah. That's, it, no, I'm not conf- I'm, I think I'm confusing that with whatever show was about, like, the, the Headless Horseman. No, it was a show back <laughs> from, like, the early... It was, like, a, a show yes. back from, like, the early 2000s about, like, this world-renowned neuroscience um, guy. He lost his wife, and then he moves his... Um, family to like this little place up in like Colorado or whatever and the main protagonist he's a, like a, a piano player and he falls in love with this posh girl but her older brother is like this arrogant super stupid jock and it's Chris Pratt it's a it's a movie from like the the or a show from like the early 2000s anyways I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt and I'm gonna go see it so hopefully you know trailers can be deceiving Maybe it's just what they've shown. I'm not a fan of, but who knows? I might go and really enjoy it and enjoy Cristetta Super Mario. So oh. that's my spiel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, to add a little insight in terms of like why they chose Chris Pratt, it, and this is gonna kind of blow, go back to Quentin Tarantino thing. It's because he's kind of a movie star. Like that's mm. that's what Illumination does. If you look at yeah. the casting for all their other movies, it is star effing studded. Like they don't care about the voices; they want recognizable names to show up in the credits. But that and so that kind of show- cast is a name you know, and that's all they care about. But I feel like it backfires on them though. Like in this instance, for sure, <laughs> like folks do not like that pick. Like it's like you know I understand he's a but. And it kind of goes against what uh, Tarantino is saying, though, because if it's a kid, if it's Super Mario, right, that's a household name in video games. Like everybody knows him. You know, my eighty-two-year-old grandmother knows who Super Mario is. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things. Like, could it, they have afforded to have the main character as someone who was not known? Like, when you have Jack Black and you know Keegan, Keegan, and Ke- um, uh, who else is in it? Um, 
Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Taylor yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. Taylor Taylor like, you have all these other, you know, superstars or movie stars. Could you all have afforded for the main character to be someone who wasn't as well-known? Like, I kind of... It's just not in their their algorithm. Like... Yeah. I, I, and now I'm starting to understand why you think they're trash. Like, amongst <laughs> other things. Like, now I'm truly starting to understand Sigma why you think Illumination is complete trash. Because this is, okay. I, I think this is one of the reasons why they're complete trash. Like, Illumination is an animation house that got into it, and this is this is all me. They got into it to make money. They saw that uh, Disney, Pixar, and uh, DreamWorks made a lot of money with movies like Toy Story and Shrek. And it was like, we can do that because they probably had a, a, a line to very talented CG animators. But the thing is, like, they, I don't think anyone in their team or office is actually passionate about like animated storytelling. Therefore, you get kind of just weak copycat esque stories. Like Sing, which I did enjoy, but Sing is almost the epitome of like what they do is they get a bunch of stars to voice the characters, they get a bunch of stuff that's appealing to kids, anthropomorphic animals, and then they copy pop music. Like they didn't write original songs for that, for those movies. They just copy pop, like they're just leeching onto what should work. And it does, which is sad. It's kind of algorithmic in that way. Um, I don't want to like get into a like a whole. I don't want this just. I don't want talking about this trailer to be just Chris Pratt. But uh -huh. so all I'm going to say about Chris Pratt is like one, I could see why people are disappointed because he sounds ridiculous in the trailer. It's like, yeah, he's good at doing the whole like oh, oh, oh sound effects and him doing the whole like you know wahoo let's -a go you know he's good at doing like tiny like but if you like that bit where like um the fish comes up and like uh latches onto his face and he's like ah get it off <laughs> like that specific i think that's one of the specific ones that people are like yeah he doesn't sound very good and i i think <laughs> i can tell he's going for a little bit of like a brooklynite a brooklyn italian accent which i'm fine with that's there's nothing wrong yeah, that with that. That was Super Mario Brothers Super Show yeah. Mario. Like if you if anyone watched that old uh, half live action half cartoon show, Mario did not sound like Charles Martinet. He sounded like a very gruff Brooklyn man. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not. I, there are plenty of good, of film actors who make the transition into voice acting very well. Some just struggle with it. I think part of the problem is that of casting Chris Pratt as a you know in a voice only role is that. The stuff that he's been in lately that has been successful, I mean, and you know, let's we're getting back into the whole movie star discussion for just a minute. I think part of the problem is that all the stuff he's been in that has been super successful has been, I mean, like Zero Dark Thirty was really good and he was in that, but like the stuff has been things like Guardians of the Galaxy, the Lego movie, Jurassic Park, um, uh, well, those are the main ones I can think of, but. Uh, yeah, so this like his his big stuff has been big, but and he has been in it, but I'm not sure. I, I think some people have made the 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 like coral correlation into causation kind of thing of like, oh, it's they're successful because they're Chris Pratt in it because Chris Pratt's in it. So yeah, if right. we cast like, Chris a, Pratt as Mario, people are like, yeah, that's that's that algorithm. Hey, yeah, <laughs> it's like he was in Passengers. No one liked that. He was a voice in Onward. If you if y'all remember Onward, that Disney movie, I, I that, loved that, Onward. That, it did, that, it did. But I loved Onward. It did. Well, it did not, this isn't a comment on the film's quality, but it's like we had yeah. Tom Holland and Chris yeah. Pratt in the two lead roles, and the film flopped. So that that's my that that's my fear is that they've kind of been mm. sort of like 
bamboozled into thinking like, oh, Chris Pratt's a huge movie star. He'll put butts in seats. And meanwhile, all the butts have been in the seats because the projects he he has been in have big name recognition, not necessarily yeah. because everyone is a massive Chris Pratt fan. No, I agree. And like, I love Lego movie. I think I thought the way he his Chris Pratt fit the role of Emmett. In that instance, like I loved Lego Movie, and I love I even have a little Emmett keychain on my key on my key. But um, I love Emmett from Lego Movie. But for Mario, uh, no, I have to agree with Rachel. Like for Mario, I just it doesn't seem right to me. Like it just it doesn't seem. I don't think oh Super Mario oh Chris Pratt like no like I just I don't like it straight up. I just don't like it. There you go. I said it. And that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Like I'm not I'm not sitting here saying like I love Chris Pratt and like he was the only possible choice for this. That that is not my stance whatsoever. What I what what I do believe though is that there was never gonna be a version of this that made people happy. Because the truth is, no one was going to have Charles Martinet do this role. That just was never gonna happen. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's the thing that folks need, I think, to wake up and understand. Like that's just not what was gonna happen. One, because Charles Martinet has never done a thing at this scale like yes he's been doing voice acting for this extended period of time but like he he's doing like sound bites for a bunch of characters and i never, I never ex- like a full role yeah and i've never expected him to be like the actor the voice actor that voice him for a the lot movie of folks did. like that's and, like, and that i don't he i mean he's you know he's synonymous with you know mario like he doesn't have to like you know that's that's the original mario so for the movie, I, I don't necessarily, I never thought, I honestly never even thought about him doing the voice for the for the film. But I just don't think Chris Pratt was like a good fit in my opinion. So, um, but I could see, I like, definitely see what you're, you're saying. You're right. Yeah, like in actuality, he's not. But the thing is, in, in reality, I don't think anyone would be a good fit. Because the, the thing that people have in their heads is just a thing that just wouldn't work in film. Like, they have to make Mario coherent. He has to talk to other characters. He has to emote or whatever. Like, if, if he was, like, a silent protagonist and only did the sound effects, like, people would be like, that's weird because it's a movie and not a game. Mm-hmm. So, like, th- like, there's no way to get around the fact that Mario has to sound like something. And that thing he sounds like is not going to sound like anything uh, you remember. Because Mario doesn't talk. <laughs> like, Mario... He makes sound bites like it, you know, it's like, almost. Like I remember in the N sixty four game, he would go to sleep and say like spaghetti, <laughs> and like it's, it's like I <laughs> like he would say spaghetti like as I was sleeping. It's like that's not a line. Like that's not <laughs> that's Are you not sure? dialogue. It's, like what if he answered everyone? You in the should movie be the voice just... actor. You should be the voice actor for Mario Sigma. What are you talking and that's, about? That's the thing. Literally anyone could do that. The fact that they're saying Chris Pratt like he messed up the Wahoo and like anyone could do that. Anyone can do that. But that's not what they need him for. They need him to talk. And at the very least, he can talk. Right? He is an actor. It almost be like it almost be like if there was like a Zelda full length film. Like Link doesn't say one yeah, day. Do make Link and every they make him silent. They won't. And they every Zelda game. That man don't say nothing but ah, and his little little uh, sound bites when he hits something or when he dies or <laughs> yep. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be the same situation. I, I bet you they get Tom Holland. Rachel. <laughs> oh God, not Tom. No, Tom Holland is more I'm I'm gonna go. But they're they're still not gonna like it because Link is not supposed to talk, and even though you need him to talk, no one's gonna be happy about it. I'm gonna counterpoint because I I don't think the problem is that. Everybody expected it to to fit a, an unachievable dream, which, to be fair, I'm sure some people did. They were like, Cass mm. Barton, I forget his name, not Scorsese, 
Martinet, something Martinet. Charles Martinet. Charles, Charles Martinet. Martinet. Thank you. Martinet. Not Martin Martinet. One or the other. Uh, so like Martin. that that everybody has that idea in mind. I will say the problem that I know I and other people have with it is that Chris Pratt is going to do the Chris Pratt voice because that's all he does, and that the Chris Pratt voice is not a good fit. I think Charlie Day is an absolute ass in a bad way choice for Luigi, Luigi, because because <laughs> Charlie Day also just does the Charlie Day voice, and yeah, that's a bad choice. Like yeah, so it's not that those aren't going to fit the bill; it's that those are voices I don't want to listen to, and they only do their own voices. And when they try, like the the few things that Chris Pratt tried to do, and that's shown in the trailer, that were a little bit pushing his his normal voice boundaries it sounded like him, but doing a bad job. Uh, yeah, that's fair, but can I like say, like critique something that is not Chris Pratt related? Just so we, just to give the man oh, yeah, a break. I got, I got those. No, no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we, go we ahead. are be talking about the actual trailer more so than a diatribe to Chris Pratt. My bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I started, I think, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just to, just to like, just because I don't think he's the only thing that I'm like, I don't know about this movie. Mm -hmm. One, and this is going to probably be an unpopular opinion. I'm not really keen on their take on Peach so far, mostly mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, so we're cha no Peach in this iteration, competent leader, seems to have a plan for how to combat Bowser. Why the fuck does she need Mario again? Like, are we doing another Lucy from a uh, Lego movie where she's obviously competent in all things, but she's stuck with Emmett for some reason? I mean, that worked in the Lego movie. I'm not, like, saying that that's a bad yeah. thing, but it's like, are we just doing this whole thing again where we're saddling a competent female character with the schlubby everyman hero because reasons? And No, I think that's exactly what they're doing. Like, that is the plot because that plot has worked before with Lego movie, and the algorithm told them, hey, Lego movie had this plot. It had Chris Pratt. Go get those things to make this work. Yeah, so I'm a little, like, sort of like, I, I, I hope we don't stray too far. Because I know, you're right, Peach was just kind of like, like a, you know, a mannequin of a character. But she just has some personality. She's sweet. She's kind. You know, she's got a little bit of a fiery streak. But she's not like a stern, hard-nosed, uh, yeah. badass character. And I yeah, hope they don't right. make That's her Daisy. that. Because Hollywood only knows how to make two yeah, kinds of Daisy. women. Yeah, I kind of yeah. they could they could have drafted Daisy for that. Yeah, obviously. if that's what I, she, I, if that's where you wanted to go. And I, I definitely. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say I, I completely agree with you, Rachel. It kind of seems like it's the, you know, it's the. But when you really think about it, that's been like the algorithm or the, the formula for so many things. The, the idiotic. I don't like, for example, when the fish gets on his face, like that's a prime example. Like, oh, get it off me, get it off me, or, you know. And even in TV shows, the smart, competent wife with the idiotic husband, Family Guy, The Simpsons, uh, Married with Children, um, all these things. It just seems to be the, I guess, like you said, algorithm or like formula that seems to work. But knowing people, knowing the game, I, could, I just hope that it's that's not the, the whole film where it's Peach being the dominant you know, we have to do this. We have to go say Luigi when it's Super Mario. Like, you're competent throughout the games. I hope you're competent to go save your own homeboy. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I hope we don't have to heavily rely on Peach to um, and change her whole character. Like, like you said, like to change her whole persona. I guess as Princess Peach. Yeah, if you want to make yeah. her like a competent, like a competent, 
you know, broil or leader, sure. Yeah, but I mean, absolutely. Peach is not Peach is not a hard nosed bad. She's not like a tough character. She's gentle mm-hmm. and kind and sweet and has you know, uh, you know, she's she's even nice to um, Bowser Junior when she when she meets him, even though he kidnaps her because right. she th- <laughs> he thinks she's his mom. But yeah, so I they should have told that story. That's that's a whole nother thing there, but <laughs> yeah. um. But yeah, so that's one one thing I'm a little concerned about. The other thing I'm concerned about is I don't want this movie to just be stri- you know, just be a series of scenes on a string that are references to different like it, it, references to different games. Like they already had that in the trailer. It's like here's it. the Smash Bros scene. Here's yep. the Mario Kart scene. I'm like, "Wow, you're making references to the most popular games on the planet." Fantastic. Yeah, Good right. for you. Is there a story I, I here? I don't know if you guys. Yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, have been following my my diatribe about Illumination, but they don't know how to write a story. <laughs> <laughs> so like this, like this is what they will do. And that trailer legit solidified that. Um, I was I was a little more um, like I thought like that. There's a better chance of this actually telling like a cool story because um, the the guys who uh, write for the Teen Titans Go are essentially directing mm. but like they're not the writers though so like I, I i don't know how much control they have over like what story gets told i will say so, like that that trailer like just shows you like just a bunch of popcorn nostalgia hit bait that feels like if they just fill it up with stuff like this they don't have to actually tell you a good story mm. so that's that's my worry i will say People one like, thing oh, i'm sorry oh, sir. i'm sorry so i will say one thing the one thing that i feel like the whoever the writers are the scene with all like the penguins, I kind of feel like someone who is in that writing room has thrown them over the side on Nintendo sixty four, and is is helping them get <laughs> is helping them get their vengeance. I thought it was really cool how they represented like the penguins as these dignified, yeah, like, di- dignified these dignified. You know, he's a king of the penguins. Attack! We're strong. When we've all so often thrown. I don't care who whoever's watching. Y'all know you threw that penguin over the side in tomorrow sixty four. Yeah, it's, kind of it's kind of a rite of passage. Right of passage. I've never done that. I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> I've also never played Mario sixty four, so that's probably why <laughs> I never go. did. <laughs> so I thought that was, you know, like you said, it that could be very well one of the, you know, click or watch bait nostalgia, you know, things that they put in there. But hopefully, they're just doing that to keep like the story under wraps until you can actually see the full film. But going it makes for a good trailer for sure. Going into it, like I'm not, I'm not trying to be too hopeful. Like um, I'm just gonna go in, like it's a fun film. It's you know nostalgic, but I'm not really hoping for too much because if I am, then I'm gonna be super disappointed if it doesn't meet that. So, like what what I hope because uh, because like, that's that's a lot of what the first trailer did. Like with that penguin scene in particular, like it showed that there is a knowledge of like the the like the stuff that happens in the games and a willingness to play with that stuff mm-hmm. rather than either recreate it or or kind of just tell some entirely different story within that world. It seems like they kind of know these games and they want to tell you a fun story about that game world. Like, because Mario doesn't make any sense. Like, we all know this, right? Like, there's no actual sensible story. It's, it's a sequence of events that play out over and over again. And if they can somehow turn that sequence of events into a coherent story that explains, or at the very least tries to explain, a lot of just the out there nonsense, I would appreciate that. Like, I think that that's a fun way to do it. Because that's what the Sonic movies did. And like, I know they're not the best uh, example to go off of, but they they used all the iconography and similar and stuff that you remember from your childhood and told a story that at the very least 
made sense from beginning to end in, in terms of its plot. Like it was like, hey, Sonic is from this place, and then the rings are used for this reason, and he runs fast because of this, and you know what I mean? Like they they gave it a backstory and made it make sense, and then they showed you all the things you wanted to see, which is Sonic going fast. So like, as long as Mario jumps, as long as uh, you know he gets bigger from eating a mushroom at some point, like I I think everyone's gonna be happy, but like. I don't know, like, I want a little more, like, like, give us a bit of that lore, like, reference the fact that the instruction booklets said that literally everyone in the kingdom was turned into blocks, and, like, whether or not Mario actually murdered half the kingdom <laughs> on his way to, like, make a joke about that, like, reference that sort of stuff, and that'll get me over the edge. <laughs> that might be too, a little bit too much of a deep cut, a little too much effort on Illumination's part, I don't think they're good. Yeah, like, and that's why I'm hoping uh, the Teen Titans guys had some input because they're good for exactly that sort of thing. Like they play in the DC universe and they play on people's expectations. Like this, like people were so upset at the look of Teen Titans Go because it didn't look like Teen Titans and they constantly mock fans for that. <laughs> I love that's Teen Titans. Kind of I love Teen Titans Go, but I, yeah, I get it. Like, that's kind of ener- the chaotic energy I want. Mm-hmm. It, just, just in the margins of this movie. It doesn't have to be the whole thing, but just put in the margins, I think I'll be satisfied. Yeah. So, Going away from voice... Oh, are you about to say something, Rachel? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Going away from voice acting, even though, yeah, uh, Chris Pat, Brad, Bad, Peach, Bowser, okay. Toad, short lines, but I think could be fine. Uh, they're definitely the most impressive that I heard in the trailer. The thing that got me worried about the trailer uh, is that every bit of the scenes that show up are things that I swear I have seen before just with a Mario skin on it. So, like, the joke of, like, Mario jumps in, Hero goes for a big punch, and then bad guy slams him in the ground and punches his face yeah. in. Like, okay, it's Mario and Donkey Kong, but, like, I've literally seen that joke before. Uh, the hero goes, the fish on the face, literally seen that yeah. so many times. The, the oh, we've seen this hero, and is he going to make this jump in his car? Oh, and he lands, and it skids around, and he goes. It's like, cool. It's just Mario and a Mario Kart on Rainbow Road. Like, I, you got to save the world. No pressure. Right. <laughs> like, every single, to your point, Casey, of it being an algorithm, is it is. Every point of that was, I have easily seen this several times before, and it's just a Mario skin. Yeah, now it's Mario, though. And it's a pretty skin. <laughs> and to be fair, it does look gorgeous. Uh, pretty skin. I, it does look good. Looking good does not interest me in a movie, though. There is like, a difference, yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's plenty of good-looking movies that I have zero interest in watching. Like, sorry, I've I've done that before. I watched The Mad God because it looked great. And that I almost regret that. Like there, there has to be something else there to get me through it. Don't uh, get me started on Avatar because I can give you a whole dissertation on that. But a, another um, movie I've never seen because everything right. I hear about the movie sounds bad. And it's, Why and, do I care that it looks good? And it's it's crazy because it's like you know James Cameron's talking about no one's ever done this X Y Z. It's like your blueprint for Avatar is basically white men colonized. Uh, you know, going mm-hmm. to a island. And, you know, being colonizers. That's literally what Avatar was, the first one. That's literally what it was. How, ma- ha- how many times has that been done before? So because yeah. your your movie was one of the first movies to truly push CGI, then that makes it, oh, it's the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, because you released it in theaters like 700 times. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it so it's like, it's the same. Absolutely massive marketing budget behind it. 
Exactly. So it's just kind of like, same thing. Like, I've seen this before. It's just like you said, it has a different skin on it. It has a different face to it. Yeah, that face is blue. And I um, mean, never seen that before. <laughs> with regards to what uh, Jesse's saying about algorithms, I think what worries me is that it, it, it's hard to quantify sometimes. But you can, and, and I'm I'm thinking about like just saw Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, um, watching that is like you can tell when a film is made with genuine passion for the material. I mean, you can tell there is, you can feel it. You can just feel it when the filmmakers genuinely love respect and want to incorporate all the all of the source material and all that craziness. It's like King of the Monsters got freaking roasted by the critics, but every single person I've talked to who is a fan of the monsters of, of like big film monsters thinks it's freaking greatest thing since sliced bread and they love it they love it so much because they can feel like there's genuine love and passion for this material there you can tell the difference between that and i have access to a popular ip and i want to make a movie that's going to make a lot of money because i want to i want to turn this this ip's popularity into cash you can tell when there is a different, you, you can feel the difference between those two kinds of projects. And I think the fear is that Mari, the Mario movie is going to be column B and it's going to have more of column B than column A. Focus, camera, come on. <laughs> no, and that, that makes so much sense because it's like you would wonder why Nintendo would choose Illumination out of, I'm sure every other animation house also wanted to crack at this. You cannot tell me that DreamWorks or especially Disney Pixar would not have wanted to make this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's Illumination who probably made the pitch to Nintendo saying like, oh, we'll get you that cash. <laughs> like, look look at these numbers, Nintendo. And Nintendo was like, you know what? You make a lot of sense to us. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's about that money. And they, they prove it with their numbers because they make trash uh, CG movies, probably for under the budget that the other guys do. And then they reap high rewards for it because they're following an algorithm. Well, and also, I don't think Nintendo would have wanted to like have like a big corporate face off with Disney over like the the details of everything because Disney Disney does not like relinquishing creative control of stuff. So Disney would have wanted to had more would have wanted to have more creative control than I think Nintendo would have. They they would have like cut Nintendo off the. They they would have like stopped taking Nintendo's calls after a little bit. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Been like filming. like day of filming now we're gonna put the phone on silent (laughs) no that's a good point too yeah like they they definitely don't want any pushback i'm assuming and illumination was probably a lot more accommodating because they don't care about the art (laughs) so i mean we haven't seen it yet it could still be good we're all really down on it but i mean no i think it'll be fine i think it'll be yeah i don't so It'll probably be better than any other illumination they've made. I'm Jesse, it won't. <laughs> I do. I, I do don't. not have high expectations. I do not have expectations of it. Sigma, I'm gonna ask right now. Um, when you do a review on Super Mario on your podcast, I want to be on that one because I'm. I'm. Gonna, I'm ready. Oh sure, absolutely. Guns yeah. loaded. Pew pew. <laughs> I, uh, my my friend RBG Blight is doing a review of every video game movie, so that is. I am going to watch this movie because as suffering with him, I have seen many a video game movies. <laughs> so I, I'm going to end up watching it. What's your right, worst no, no, so no, far? The worst? The worst, uh, worst postal, that you, easily. That you think. Oh, fair, yeah. Uh, which is 
outstanding because it is probably Uwe Boll's uh, like most technically competent film. Like there are jokes that have proper timing. There are like you can see people are actually trying. It is just the material is so bad it makes it hurt. Oh wow! Uh, aside from that, oh gosh, Resident Evil Final Chapter really bad. Actually, gave me a headache trying to watch it. Like the editing in that movie is possibly the worst film editing I've ever seen. Oh, in a, in a movie of like a substantial budget. Aw, cat. Mm. Like I've seen worse editing in like you know low budget stuff where someone had like twenty cat, minutes cat. and an old computer, but like. For a release thing, it is amazing how many cuts they will put in 10 seconds of footage. Like, blows my mind. Uh, But, okay, I think we've reached the end of today's uh, show. So we'll just go around the line. Rachel, where can people find you? What do you have going on this week that they can check out? Uh, So... Coming up soon is the Game Awards, and it's a big Ooh. deal. We're we're going to be reporting on it over at Games Beat. Um, I'll probably be live tweeting it. Um, probably won't be streaming it because I'm going to have to be working while it's going on. But I am probably going to live tweet my reactions to all the trailers, all the Hideo Kojima cameos, all the musical performances, all that fun stuff. So that's the big thing that's happening for me next week. And um, professionally and also you know i'm going to be continuing on i had to take a slight like hiatus uh, from my golden girls my stay golden sunday posts and my masonry monday posts because i got a little bit burnt out but i'm trying to bring them back before the end of the year so we can finish the year strong so you can find everything on my twitter which is just my name and uh at rachel kazer and all the stuff goes through twitter so all the stuff i do you'll be able to see it there and hopefully you can join me for the game the game awards uh, Rexicon Jesse, how about you? A uh, bunch of stuff on my channel that I'll be streaming, which is twitch.tv slash Jesse, and then also Jesse Galena over on YouTube. I dual stream on there, and all my mods are on there. Thank you. Uh, I'll be playing games tomorrow and Tuesday in the morning slash afternoon Eastern, and then I'll be doing RPG Help Desk on Wednesday, which is always a hoot. Uh, I'll have a game coming up, but the embargo isn't for a while, so it'll probably be late this week. Uh, and then hopefully I'll be starting a new game review for a game that I really want to play uh, if we get the code for it. Nice. And that'll be on the Escapist. Uh, yes, Escapist magazine. Uh, Yokina? Uh, yeah. uh, I'm actually about to be on another social media hiatus for like the next probably oh, six no. months. So... Yeah, that's a <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... Other than if you ask me to be on any other podcast, which I absolutely love being on here, other than that and being in the open party discord, um, you can kind of find me on Instagram for now for the time being. Um, but I'm probably just going to be in the open party. Um, yeah, so make and, sure you join. That yes, like join that. the open party. Um, so other than other than that, I, I actually won't be up to much over the next couple months. Like I was telling you, Rachel, I'm studying for some some interest exams so <laughs> um, that's gonna be taking up a lot of my um time um so um yeah that's pretty much that's all that's it for me but if i'm ever on the podcast with sigma again that's where you can catch me you can see what i'm what i'm up to <laughs> and and she will be on the podcast again. <laughs> uh you guys can find me at sigma gears 9 here on twitch uh, as well as twitter 
Uh, later today, we'll be doing Super Smash Sunday. Jeff will be joining me as usual over on the Open Party uh, Twitch channel. So make sure you're following that as well if you're not already. Uh, some folks were asking about all the uh, Smash World Tour, uh, Nintendo canceling the tournament news that was coming out over the week. We'll probably dive into that there because I feel like that's probably a more appropriate venue to talk all these like Smash deep cuts in terms of news. Uh, so if you're interested in that discussion, I'll probably be having that with Jeff over there. Um, but outside of that, um, I edited a review for our managing editor over at The Escapist, John, who reviewed Crisis Core Final Fantasy Reunion, which is a remake of that uh, PSP game. Um, that actually got me interested in maybe finally getting to play those Final Fantasy remakes, because I know I have the 7 one somewhere, but I think I want to check it out now. That story seems kind of nuts. <laughs> but um, uh, that'll probably drop sometime this week. I'm um, still working on the Need for Speed Unbound review. Hopefully that'll drop by the end of next week. And... Uh, you know, the regular string of live streams that I do for The Escapist. Uh, Jesse, uh, with Jesse, we do Hidden Gems. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Get Jesse to the Greek on Wednesday as well. Uh, no Metal Gear Solid on Thursday because uh, me, Marty, and Nick will be live streaming the Game Awards. So like, you can watch, you can follow Rachel's live tweeting there, but then watch our stream at the same time. And you'll get all the information in, in a nice, uh, <laughs> nicely tight bow. Can you put my tweets oh, up on the live stream, like just yeah, my Twitter, like, like, a, just, like, a, like yeah. a banner, like a banner at the bottom, like CNN. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> see Nicoletta's. Uh, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know if Nick knows how to do that. <laughs> I think I can figure that out. <laughs> but I'll, I'll ask him if he wants to do that because that's actually pretty funny to me. I'll be oh, sure to keep um, it, uh, keep it relatively PG. <laughs> don't, don't need to worry about that. <laughs> oh, I do have one but, thing. Uh, I do have one yes. thing. Um, my PSN is the same as my um, Instagram, Twitter, like everything's the same. So um, I'll be taking myself off of offline because usually when I play um, online, I keep it offline. But I'm going to be putting my systems. I'm not going to be on social media. If anyone ever wants to play Red Dead Redemption or Monster Hunter or any of those other things, I'll be online. So you can add me on PSN and we can just... Um, up in the chat, or if anyone ever wants to play me in Tekken, I'm totally and always up for that. Um, oh, so don't, don't do it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that, yeah, so you can just add me on PSN, it's Yukina Cat, like you see down there, and then I'll be online. Nice, make sure to do that. She's she's a fun person to play games with. Oh, thank and you, talk to. thank you. All of you guys are. We'll uh, miss thanks you so much for joining us once again. Good luck. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Casey versus Cat at Tekken. Cat wins, like hands down. <laughs> like, there's not a competition there, guys. <laughs> uh, they they want to see you get your butt kicked. Yeah, they they do like that, yeah. don't they? Bunch of sickos. <laughs> but uh, that's that's gonna do it for uh, today's show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye, Bye everybody. Thanks. Bye.